Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just what to Welcome, everyone, to episode number 53 of a series of episodes that we've been calling Leading Others to Christ. And we appreciate all the many that have been watching and listening to these episodes, and it's been real exciting for us. Uh, those of you that have been listening and watching, you know that what we're trying to do with these, a number of things, but we're focused on evangelism. Uh, we have several goals, and one, <clears throat> quite frankly, uh, is to use language like we see in Hebrews 10 about stirring each, each other up to love and good works, uh, but especially in the area of reaching our family or friends and neighbors with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana, where I also serve as one of the shepherds. For those of you that don't know, Franklin is about 20 miles south of downtown Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. And for those of you that know me, and you, if you've been listening, you know this is like a broken record. I do this at the beginning. Of every, maybe we need to change this up. But anyway, at the beginning, to know, know that uh, those of you that do know me, you know that I'm passionate about our, our subject of evangelism. And I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in, in Owensboro, Kentucky. And what I've done since then, I've always strived to, I'm going to use some Bible phrases to, to teach others, to sow the seed, uh, to learn how to be a fisher for, uh, for men and women, of course, how to make disciples, how to persuade others, and to teach others to teach. I, you know, even though I, I also preach, I, I see myself more of a teacher than I do as a preacher. And, uh, uh, and I always uh, try to remember this passage where Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, said in the, talking to Timothy, he said, in the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, obviously in women, to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And I just think that's such a critical part of this whole conversation. And then later in the chapter, uh, I love this, he talks about, he tells Timothy, to be useful for the master prepared for every good work. And uh, before COVID started back in 2020, uh, came up with this idea of doing a podcast, interviewing the Christians out there, the men and women, fellow workers that are doing this, that are leading others to Christ and find out who they are, where they are, how they're doing their work and what can we learn from each other uh, to keep each other stirred up to, uh, to be involved in this work. And uh, so today, that leads us to our guest today, and we're so excited, uh, but we have uh, Don Truax with us today. Welcome, Don. Thank you, Dan. It's great to be with you. Appreciate, yeah. your, uh, appreciate your webcast and happy to be a part of it today. Well, we're honored that, uh, and, and thank you, that we could, that you could work, that, work us in here and find the time to do this. But um, you know, Don, I was, we were trying to we were trying to think the other day, and I, I still can't remember for sure. But I think we met in Bowling Green, Kentucky, but I, I can't remember for sure. But uh, somewhere our paths crossed because you were a friend in my phone, and I think I was in your phone too. <laughs> That's right. I think I think it was Bowling Green. I think um, uh, I don't remember the circumstance, but but I believe our paths crossed in Bowling Green. That's right. I, I think yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, well, those of you that don't know, you're going to know a lot more about Don uh, when we get through today, but 
Don works with the Temple Terrace uh, Church of Christ there in Temple Terrace, Florida, which mm-hmm. most know it's outside of Tampa. And uh, we're so, again, we're so happy that you're here. And we've started every one of these episodes uh, with what we call the uh, the old elevator pitch. You know, you get on an elevator, say it's going up 20 mm-hmm. stories or something, and somebody says, well, what do you do for a living? Who, who are you? <laughs> you know, uh, or a, a short bow. Uh, so let's start out there. Tell everybody, uh, you, I mean, let's start back to the beginning, where you were born and and how old were you when you learned the truth? Who taught you the gospel? And let this, let's kind of bring us up to speed, if you would, Don. Sure. Well, that won't that won't be a very long, long elevator ride. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, <clears throat> I'm a Californian by birth. I was born in Southern California, just north of Los Angeles. Yeah, my dad was preaching there. My dad was Missouri farm boy, but he preached for 60 years and he preached about 30 of those years in California. So I was born in California, but dad preached during a time when preachers moved an awful lot. You know, they tended to move every three or four years back in his generation. And so when I was 12, we moved from California. We lived in Arkansas, Missouri. Uh, We lived up in Northern Illinois for a time where I graduated from high school and then dad moved down to Kentucky. And I actually uh, moved with him down to Louisville before I went to Florida College. And I started preaching really when I was in high school. I started doing some fill-in work for churches up in northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin when when uh, we lived up in that area. Went to Florida College for a year, came home for the summer to Louisville and the church in Mount Washington, Kentucky, <clears throat> their preacher had just moved. And so... They asked me if I would fill in for the summer, which I did. And at the end of the summer, they asked me if I would stay instead of going back to school, if I'd stay and be their preacher. And um, at that time, I was engaged to uh, my wife, Vicki. And so uh, we thought that was a great idea. And so I did. I Instead of going back to FC, I started preaching for them. Vicki and I got married. We were there for uh, just a couple of years, really, at Mount Washington. And then I moved across the river to New Auburn, Indiana. And at that time, it was called the Silver Street Church. Now it's called Charlestown Road when they moved to their new building. And that was a great experience. That church let me grow up with them. I made a million mistakes, and they loved me unconditionally. And I just thank God continually for putting those people in my life. So I was there for about six years, and then I moved up close to you in Plainfield, Indiana, suburb of Indianapolis. And I was there for a few years, and then I moved to Texas. And I was at the Southside Church. The Southside Church is known because D. Bowman has been at that church for over 40 years, where Bubba Gardner is kind of the lead preacher now. But D, of course, is still there. But there was a time in the mid-80s when D resigned the local work to just go hold gospel meetings full time. And so I went there and I did the local work for several years. But then the church in Plainfield asked me to come back. Uh, they were getting ready to build their building and they were just, they were in a circumstance where they, they just needed somebody familiar with the work. So we went back and we were there for several years and we enjoyed that again. But then we um, got a call from here in Temple Terrace and there were a lot of reasons why we were interested in that. And so we made the move uh, the first Sunday of January of 1994, we began here. So we've been here f- for 27 and a half years now. It's been a wonderful work. We've loved it. It's been just an amazing 28 years here. 
So we've enjoyed that very, very much. So that's kind of the brief history of Don. As I said, that doesn't take very long. Well, you know, I told you I try to feed off what everybody says. And, you know, the, um, the, the thing is that some people would look at all the different moves as being so, and there are challenges with moving. Uh, but just the, uh, the, thing that, the things that you learn with the moves. It, the church is is the same. We teach the same mm-hmm. gospel, and but in every community, it's different, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. It is, and I'll tell you, Dan. I think I look back at those moves when I was when I was a little boy. You know, when I when I tell people that I went to uh, <clears throat> that I went to three elementary schools and two junior high schools and two high schools, that it it sounds terrible to people, and and yet I look back at that. Is a, is a wonderful experience. I met I met people in different parts of the country. I had a variety of different experiences. And even growing up in those various churches and then in my preaching life, being in various churches, I really feel like that in all that, God was kind of preparing me for where I am at Temple Terrace. I mean, as you well know, every every church, while we function on the same scriptural basis, every church has its own personality. And... I think being exposed to all of that and seeing how brethren interact with each other in a variety of circumstances, I think that was all preparing me for, for where I am because Temple Terrace is such a diverse group. Now, the church has been here for over 60 years, and it's a wonderful, wonderful church, but it's a very diverse group. I mean, we are, we're like the little kids song. We are red and yellow, black and white. And we are diverse nationally. We, we have people in our church who have a passport from the United States, but also from, we have Canadians and people who carry a British passport, a German passport, South Korea, China, Vietnam. Uh, we're, very, we're a very diverse group. And as you know, because you lived in Temple Terrace at, at one time, this area is a melting pot. And so... I really think all of those various experiences of the years that in many ways, God was preparing me for what, what he has me doing right now. That, that's so good. And uh, wow, look how much, how long we could talk about that <clears throat> of the, uh, you know, some people will be listening and, and to hear you say that about the, uh, the diversity and the different ones and the different passports, they just maybe look at each other and shake their head. They can't relate. They've never mm-hmm. been, they've never been yeah. a part of a group. Uh, that has the makeup there of uh, Temple Terrace. And when we were talking the other day, I remember <clears throat> back now, when, what year were you at FC? I went in the fall of 75. Okay. So that were, uh, we were there 69 to 74. So right. we could have passed my, could have crossed then, but, but didn't probably. Uh, but I remember Temple Terrace, you know, being that small congregation right mm-hmm. across from the administration building. And, right. and, uh, and then <clears throat> years, years pass and we go back down there and uh, somebody said, well, let's go to, uh, we, let's go to services at Temple Terrace. And I went, you know, my mind were, went right across the street and they said, oh no, that's, it's not there anymore. And we go down yeah. there and see the building and it, it just blew me away. I could not, you know, and uh, so even that, the, 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 we don't have time, but I do want to touch on some of that of just the uh, the things that you've learned and experienced in moving from the the building there, uh, because the building there, uh, the old building would hold maybe what, 
would it hold a hundred people? Maybe. Oh yes. Oh yeah. It would hold. Um, we we were consistently having uh, about three hundred folks. Oh, it's bigger. Actually, bigger than our. But yeah. Yes, but Dan, since you were there, uh, when I first moved here in 94, we were in the process, they were in the process of adding a little addition on that building on the side, and that added about 70 or 80 seats, but we were packed in there like sardines. I mean, we just, evangelism was just almost dead, because you could invite and bring somebody to worship with you, but there was a chance you might not even be able to sit with them. Um, We would have people drive into our parking lot and not be able to find a place to park and, and leave. It was just, it was, it had killed our evangelism because we were just so confined in that space. And so it was a, it was a tremendous blessing to us to, to be able to build the facility that we're in now. Well, and the, uh, you know, the, the, so many things there again, but uh, you know, I, I was thinking of this uh, last night, We've had this come up in so many different interviews of the eyes that we look through, you know, the things that we see. And, and like you say, I pull up to the parking lot and I can't even find a place. I want to go to worship. I can't even find a place to park. Or they drive up and see your existing building. And there would probably be some that in the, they'd say, well, you know what? Temple Terrace, it's always looked like this. They, they don't know the history. They don't know the past, right? And uh, and think well, this is this has always looked like this. And uh, yeah. uh, and I've heard over the years, I've heard people say things like that, and they say, and I go, wait, you, no, wait a minute, you don't understand, no. you, you don't know what this group went through, and you don't know all of the the pain and agony and all the stories that are associated with this. Uh, but that's that's such a the stories are such a great part of the process, yeah. isn't, isn't that true? Absolutely. It is, Dan. It, it certainly is. You know, we, um, Temple Terrace is, 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 I just love this church so much. I've been here so long and my life is interwoven with the lives of the people in this church, but it is certainly a much different church than when I moved here 27 years ago. And when I moved here 27 years ago, it was different than it had been 20 years before that. Right. 20 years before I moved there, the church was maybe 50, 60 people. And then it went through a period of, of uh, growth with an influx of, of people. And then when we moved into our new facility, we enjoyed, we've enjoyed a very sustained period of growth over the past. We've been in our building for 16 years now, and we've enjoyed, we've enjoyed a, a sustained period of growth. Um, and a lot of that is, is because of the evangelistic efforts that we that we have made when we moved into our, when we were planning to move into this building, um, we started trying to do some very concrete things uh, to emphasize evangelism. And we talked to the church a lot about the fact that what we, what we wanted to create was a culture of evangelism. We wanted it to be the environment. We wanted it to be in the air that we breathe, that this was natural to us. Not, <clears throat> not just something that we do, but it is who we are and that we could learn to think in those kind of terms. Now, we knew that was going to take time. In fact, uh, really among the leadership, we said it, we, we think that will probably take three to five years to develop that kind of culture. And it does take time. 
but we began doing some concrete kind of things to put these things in place to help to help bring that about. And as a result of that, we've been we've been very very blessed. If uh, and it's our I do this thing at the end where I call it the one thing, but we'll wait on that for a few minutes. But what are uh, challenge you a little bit here to think, but. If you could, if you could say one, two, or three things as far as the growth there, what? Because you know, there's some things in some communities that you can try, and they might work. Maybe they worked in L.A., but they won't work in New York. They won't. Right. You know, but what are what are a couple of things that you think has really helped the group there over the years uh, maintain the and continue to yep. grow? Um, the, there are a couple of things that would just immediately come to mind. Um, the, the first is that one of the things that we have emphasized from the very beginning is, is the power of a simple invitation. And we, have we have emphasized that over and over and over the power of a simple invitation and Dan, our people, if I can brag on our people a little bit, our people are wonderful at doing that. They are wonderful at just inviting people to come to worship with them because they know. They know that when they bring them, when they get them in this building, those people are going to be welcome. They're going to feel, they're going to feel apart. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to have a, a very good worship experience. And so our people just are wonderful at inviting every, every service we have, we have non-Christian visitors with us, which is an amazing blessing. But one of the best things that we ever did in this church, Dan, is uh, we have Kerry Keenan on board with us as a full-time, a full-time personal evangelist. And I know you've talked with Kerry on your, on your broadcast here. Kerry was a member of Temple Terrace. He was the baseball coach at Florida College. And then he went to Romania. He came back and he worshiped with us. He was one of our deacons. And then he moved up to Toronto, Canada to preach there. But then 14 years ago, he came to work with us on a full-time basis and Carrie just lives and breathes evangelism. And so he, he teaches cl- classes with non-Christians constantly. He, uh, he trains our members to help them be effective evangelists, personal evangelists. Um, he has led our efforts to, uh, for example, have a presence on the campus of the University of South Florida, where we now have a class uh, on Thursday nights during the fall and spring semesters uh, in the student center. Uh, he has a Monday night college class for any college students here that, that want to attend. Um, uh, he leads our new converts class. Uh, for example, we're starting that tomorrow. Uh, we do... We do, we do seven lessons for new converts. Uh, we do them in seven different homes. The first one's always in my home, but that way a new convert, uh, they're in seven different homes. Usually it's elders of preacher's homes. Uh, usually some others are invited to come. And by the time they've gone through those seven lessons, they not only have the lessons, but they've, they've, they've got a relationship now with seven leaders in the church and other members in the church. And so it helps to integrate them. Carrie leads all of that for us. And so he has just been just a tremendous asset with these, this talent that God's given him um, in, 
in evangelism. So I think those two things, Dan, would, would just immediately, immediately come to mind. And I think one of the things that is that has helped also is that we we've never felt like we've been blessed blessed to have a trajectory of growth, but our people have never felt like uh, we're finished or we've arrived. Oh, wow. That, that this is this is just this is just who we are now. We we want to we with every you know with every person that comes in our building, there's a soul, and that's what we're interested in. And and I, I'm just I'm so thankful that there is that mindset here. You know, uh, yeah, I've known Kerry for a long time. Um, yeah, uh, viewed him. Uh, yeah, he just he just bubbled over. Uh, oh and, yeah, he does. And uh, <laughs> and again, it's like so it's like. Uh, and this might be a silly statement, but how, how do you develop, a, a, you can't, you know, there's no other Kerry Keenan, but how do you develop Kerry Keenan types, you know, that, that can be in different groups and they can yeah. ha- love to have that passion and learn that skill set. And, and you'd have to be around Kerry and other people like that. But, uh, but, you know, I, I remember the first time that we were back in the uh, first time we were in the new building, and it might have been a graduation uh, uh, time, and, and uh, but there was, I don't know, I want to say it was like 800 people there, or uh, I, I, I don't know. How many will the building hold? Well, officially, the building will hold uh, uh, 620. That's what the official seating okay. is. All right. We have, we have had it as many. Uh, during the Florida College of Lectures on Wednesday night, we always have a singing. We have had as many as 820 on those Wednesday nights. So I was there. I get it. We were there for one of those. But, and I, mm-hmm. I had written down there as you were talking. One of the things that would impress anyone. But especially a visitor and why that the power of the invitation is such a, a great conversation. But to be able to come in there and hear the singing is just like it is so good and it just it just uh, so stirring and for a visitor to come in most have never heard anything like that and the teaching that's done with the scripture see it's one of the reasons we sing right, right. to sure to teach it. sure but just, just the the emotion mm-hmm. of that and uh it's so stirring so you, you've got some really good song leaders too yeah we're just we're very blessed Dan. we're just we're very blessed that god has brought together in this place uh, the people that he has, Carrie, Carrie and I talk about that a lot. That God, in His providence, has just brought together a group of people here that um, are talented, uh, but more than their talent, really have the heart of a servant, and just are always looking for ways to be of service. I think it's one of the greatest blessings in this church is that um, that. This church is always, our, our members are just always looking for ways to be of service to other people, whether it's our own members or to others, uh, you know, just in whose lives they intersect in some way. And it's, it's just one of the, it's one of the most beautiful things, I think, of, about this congregation. And one, one of the things I love about this church. You mean it's not all about me? I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, no, I tell you, I know. it's not, it's not here. That's for sure. Well, in, no, no, I, I know that. And, uh, but you know, you know, of course I said that tongue in cheek, but 
Mm-hmm. And, and we know what the scriptures teach on that. But, you know, unfortunately, it, some some it takes some never get it and not to be negative, but some it takes a long time. Yeah. But it, it's like they need to be exposed to different things. And that's why it is good to be able to travel yeah. when you can. But absolutely. Uh, and it's like, uh, you know, it's even like I remember having some chance to go overseas and go to different places mm-hmm. and you hear stories about what it's going to be like when you get there. But you, you know, say, oh, my, you know, I never knew. I never knew it was going to smell like this. I never knew it was going to look like this. I never knew till I got there. And uh, so we need to experience, uh, you know, those positive things. And that's why it's good when we can travel and visit other places. But yeah. Um, now, I, I know it's part of your DNA, and, and uh, I, I was going to say this a few minutes ago, and I know you guys are good at this, but keep encouraging your people and keep thanking them for those. They're fundamental things, but they're so profound. And it's keep mm-hmm. encouraging them to invite. I know you do, but yeah. Uh, yeah. they just everybody needs to keep hearing that, right? Yeah, um, yeah they really do, Dan. I, I tell you something, when we, when we were about to move into our building, we invited some men to come and speak for us, kind of like what you do on this broadcast. We invited some men to come speak for us who had had, who had had just great experience and success in evangelism. And one of them was Max Dawson. Um, You know, where Max is, I I think I've held more gospel meetings where Max is in Beaumont than with any other church. Oh, really? Yes. And I've always been so impressed because you talk about being in the DNA evangelism is just in the DNA of that group. And, and that's Max's influence. And so Max came and talked to us and I, and we've, we've always remembered uh, that when Max came and talked to us, he said, there are four things that everybody can do in evangelism. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter what level of education you have. It doesn't matter if you grew up in the church, as we say, or whether or not this is all brand new to you as a Christian. There are four things that everybody can do in evangelism. And those four, you can shine, let your light so shine before men. You can speak. You can learn to infuse invitations or infuse God in your conversation. You can invite. You can invite others to come to worship. And you can welcome. You can welcome individuals when they come. And we have continued to emphasize those four things. We've made bookmarks of those four things. I preach about those four things every single year, every year. I'll talk about, remember when Max was with us all those years ago, remember these four things, everybody can do this. And it's just, that was such a wonderful way of being able to say, you know what? Yep. I can do that. I can shine, speak and invite and welcome. I can do that. I may not be able to preach. I may not be able to teach a Bible class publicly that, other things I may not be able to do, but I can do those four things and I can be involved in evangelism. And that's been, that's been a really important consideration for us, Dan. You know, it's uh, and look, when you look at it from once one, uh, one approach, I guess would be, look how simple those things are. Mm -hmm. But as you look deeper into them and understand them, they're profound. And if people have the skill set that I don't know if they can, if they fully appreciate what they're doing, uh, uh, being able to do that, of uh, what a gift it is to know that and, and to practice that. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, we interviewed Max and, and just and a couple <clears> of the <throat> other members there in the congregation, uh, and the, it was so good. Uh, I've loved this because 
I've never met uh, you and I've met, I've never met Max in person and probably three fourths of the people that, that I've interviewed, uh, Lord willing, I'll get to meet him at some point, but we've met this way, you know, but not, not right. in person. Um, and it's just, it's been so exciting for me, but, um, uh, one of the things that we've done every time is I call it a conversion story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know you've got a lot of stories. <clears throat> is, is there one that comes to mind that you'd like to share with us that, uh, that uh, a, a good story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually a couple, if we have time, these, these yes. are, I, I can tell them quickly. I can tell them quickly. <laughs> okay. These, these are my two favorite and they're both, they're both from here in Temple Terrace. Uh, the first was when I first moved to Temple Terrace, uh, the week I moved here, Harry Pickup Jr. at that time was alive and he was a member of our church. And I asked, I asked Brother Pickup, I said, you know, Brother Pickup, what dry cleaners do you use here? And he told me. And so that's where I went. Well, the owner of this dry cleaner was a, he was an older gentleman and he was kind of crusty in some ways, but I got, I got along well with him. Well, you, he passed away. And so his son came back and took over the business. And his son was a very congenial man, very happy man. Uh, his name was Mark. And I just really liked Mark. But I went in one day and Mark, something was wrong. I could tell. And so I said, Mark, what's, what's bothering you today? And he said, oh, Don, he said, it's my wife. He said, my wife, Linda. He said, or he said, my wife. And he said, she's been diagnosed with, with breast cancer. And he said, it's really serious. And I said, well, Mark, I'm so sorry. I said, well, what's your wife's name? And he said, well, her name is Valinda. And I said, well, I said, Mark, I'm going to pray for Valinda. And I said, you know, there are so many of our members that come and use your, your business here. I said, I'm going to ask them to pray for Valinda as well. And so I did. And as I would go in, I didn't ask him every time I went in, but I would go in occasionally and say, how's Valinda, you know? And I went in one day and I said, well, how's Valinda? And he said, Don. He said, she's been told she went through surgery and treatments. And he said, Don, they've told her that she's cancer free. And I said, oh, Mark, we just thank God for that. That's that's wonderful. We, I said, we've been praying for her. And I said, I'm so happy for that. Well, lo and behold, Dan, the next Sunday morning after Bible class, I'm walking through our foyer and there's a little lady standing there. I, and I, I don't know who she is. So I go up and I introduce myself. And I said, I'm Don. And she says, well, I'm Valinda Kornheiser. I said, are you Mark's Valinda? And she said, yes, I am. And so I said, we've been praying for you. And about that time, there was a couple that walked by, a very evangelistic couple. And I introduced them to Belinda. And they said, "Come come in here and sit with us. And so she did. Well, they began to study the Bible with her. And uh, she was very receptive. Her husband, Mark... Uh, as a Jewish background, nobody in his family's left Judaism. And so when they would study in their home, Mark would not be a part of that. But the fellow leading the study told me that he knew Mark was in the other room listening. And that eventually Mark was sending questions through his wife to them. And then one day I got up to preach and looked out and there was Mark sitting by Valinda. Valinda had been baptized by this point. And so there was Mark. And so... I just happened, you know, as preachers do, uh, I made it so that I worked in some things about who Jesus was and Jesus at the fulfillment of Messiah and <laughs> be with, with Mark's Jewish background. And lo and behold, before long, Mark was baptized. I just, 
a great story. And, and I use that story to illustrate to people, look, it's so easy to see things in people's lives and incorporate the concept of God or faith or prayer just to build that bridge. And that's that's what we did with Mark. And that's, that's one of my two favorite stories. Now, the other favorite story is um, I'm a... I'm, I'm a big Starbucks guy. You know, I, there's my Starbucks. It's it, this morning and every morning. And the Starbucks here in Temple Terrace, uh, they go through managers uh, frequently. But they had a manager there, one. They had one manager there that was just outstanding. And it was a young lady. She was from Chicago. And her name was Wendy, named for the Windy City, Chicago. <laughs> and I graduated from high school just outside of Chicago. So we would talk about Chicago. She was a very nice lady, very gregarious, a happy lady, <clears throat> big personality. And uh, I really liked her. Well, on Sunday mornings, I would go in very, very early on my way to the, to the building to study. And um, she would often work on Sunday because she liked that. Nobody else was in there, so she could get a lot done. And so I was in there one Sunday morning, just heard me. And I said, hey, Wendy, listen, I said, I, I come to see you all the time where you work. When are you going to come see me where I work? Oh, that's good. And uh, because I, I just think this is so important. I think if we would think about how to incorporate God and faith, church, Bible, uh, into our conversation with people, that, that we could be so, so effective with that. And so I just said, look, Wendy, I, I come see you all the time where you work. When are you going to come see me where I work? And here's what she said. She said, oh, Don, she said, if I ever came into church building, the roof would just fall in. And I said, well, I said, maybe. I said, but I think we got a pretty strong roof. I said, I think you could handle even you. And, uh, and here, here's what she said. Thanks, but no thanks, Don. And I said, okay, that's fine. So two or three weeks later, I was in there again. I, I'd seen her in, in the interim, but I hadn't said anything else. But about three weeks later, I was back in, just the two of us again. And I said, hey, Wendy, listen, uh, I'm really serious. I said, I, I come see you all the time where you work. I want you to come see me where I work. Just one time. Just come and see me one time where I work. And she said, well, I'll think about it. Well, lo and behold, the next Sunday... Um, I'm teaching my Bible class in the old church building and I look in the back and there's Wendy standing against the back wall. And so I went up to her and I said, Wendy, man, we're so glad you're here. And she said, Don, I know so many of these people. And I said, yeah, man, we all come to Wendy's or come to Starbucks. And, uh, so I said, come sit with Vicki and me. And she did. And so she worshiped with us that day. And I asked her, I said, Wendy, would you, would you study the Bible with me? And she said, yeah, yeah, I would. Now, Wendy had a lot of baggage. She was living with somebody to whom she was not married. And she had, she had had a rough kind of background. But we studied the Bible. And lo and behold, about six weeks later, I'm preaching. And I offer the invitation. And here comes Wendy down the aisle to be baptized. And uh, she was baptized. And Dan, a year and a half later, I did her wedding ceremony to a young Christian man. And 
that's probably my favorite conversion story ever because it just began by finding a non-threatening way to broach the subject of faith and offer an invitation just to come and see. You know, I, I love that. I love that statement in John. Come and see. Just come and see. And that's that's what we emphasize here so much. Just come and see. Just come worship with us. And so those are probably my two favorite stories. Well, what great stories. You know, <clears throat> this came up, I think, I think uh, Benjamin Lee was the first one that we interviewed. You said you knew Benjamin. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, this this line of what if. One time he, he said what if. And I've been so it's like what if on the dry cleaning thing. Harry Pickup Jr., who I work with and remember yeah. so well. What, a great, yeah. uh, what about uh, what if he had never mentioned the dry cleaners or what if you'd never made that connection there with Mark right. or at Starbucks? What if you had never started talking to Wendy? Yeah. And uh, uh, so those you're right. It, it's that that's got to be a part of our personality where we have these communications with people. And how are we ever going to say, come and see if we don't develop a relationship yeah. and, and talk to so yeah. when they see you, they know who you are. They may not know your, your name right away, but they, they recognize mm -hmm. you're, you're a customer. Right. And uh, so many <clears throat> of those things uh, that we just, opportunities we just let uh, go yeah. by. Hey, Matt's already given us a signal <laughs> for five it, uh, it goes fast, but yeah. uh, we, end, we end every episode with, what, let's okay. do this first. Sure. If, somebody wanted, if somebody wanted to reach out mm -hmm. to you, uh, would you, would that be okay? If you gave, would you share your contact information, maybe sure. touch somebody and they want to know well, sure. more? What, what would be a sure. Good? Anybody can get me at my email. My email is very simple. It's Don D O N T R X at AOL.com. Don T R X at AOL.com. I believe that you, me and Roger Schaus are the only three people in the world who still have an AOL address. Oh, that's, that's my brother's there. The three, the <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, all right. The the last thing, <clears throat> thank you for sharing the contact. Sure. Uh, somebody's listening and they got, they're, they're excited and they realize that they used to do this talking to others, but what would you say would, and there's more than one thing, what's one thing that you could say to somebody that they need to do or learn how to do to lead others to Christ? I think my answer would to that would be, Dan, not, not very long ago, I developed a lesson out of Acts 17 about evangelism, where Paul goes to Athens, and it's such a familiar story. But I, the more I looked at that story, the more I came to believe that that story is about how to build a bridge in evangelism to people that you would just otherwise think you have nothing in common with whatsoever. And as I read that story over and over and over, it seems to me that Paul did two or three things that we can do. The first thing is he opened his eyes. And so in Acts 17, it says that he looked about, he looked about, and he, and that's what he says to them. You know, when I, I was passing through, I observed your devotions. And so he, he observed his culture. He looked at these people. But then the second thing is, the second thing is, he engaged his heart and it says when he looked about and saw the city given to idols, he was greatly distressed. I just think those two things are critical. We've got to open our eyes. We've got to be like the men of Issachar who understand the times. 
But we've got to open our eyes and see people and see where they are and see what their circumstance is and see those situations like like Mark, who had a who had a, a circumstance in his life that opened a door where we could we could walk across that that bridge to his heart. So we've got to care about people. And then secondly, we've we've got to care about the fact that, you know, I think it's so hard sometimes for us, Dan, to realize that the neighbor that is so friendly or the coworker that's so helpful, or the fellow student who is so brilliant, or the family member that is so loved, we, we've got to remember, though, that if they've never been obedient to Jesus, they're lost. And when Paul saw these people, he was distressed because his heart broke for them. He, he saw a religious inclination in them, but he knew that it was empty. They, and so he said, I, I've got to tell you, I've got to connect you to the one true God. And I just think if we could learn to think in those terms and help that not to be something extraordinary in our life, but to be ordinary because it's who we are, we could just, we could just touch so many people. Don't have to be extraordinary, be ordinary. Yep. In that regard. Yep. In that regard. Yes. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> just, just real quick. My wife and I had an opportunity to go to the Greece and stay there uh, on Mars Hill and, and oh, yeah. Areopagus and and just try to look at where the marketplace was where Paul had been walking around and look up the hill and see the Areopagus up there and, and just see to try to envision what that looked like during yeah. the day when he was there. But uh, that's that was great. I, I, I'm sure that was an excellent sermon. But listen, we have to stop. Okay. All and, right. But, but uh, thank you again. And uh, uh, we appreciate everything that you that you've done and and keep up your good work there keep oh, tell uh, you. tell that old baseball oh. coach what's carry <laughs> yeah, uh, i will i'll tell him first, first that you called him old there, there and then go. i'll tell him hello yeah well i'm right on both points <laughs> you are yeah, so, exactly so uh but but thanks again brother and uh, oh, we'll, my be pleasure. we'll be following up with you right. and uh Look forward to talking to you in the near future. Thank you, Dan. Wonderful to be with you today. Appreciate what you're doing on this so very much. Okay, thanks, Don. Thanks, brother. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.